We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Palomo with me here today as well. We're recording this on Thursday, December the 15th. Uh, 10 days until uh, Christmas, nine days till uh, the big jolly elf makes his big trip. So I uh, hope right. everyone out there is having a, uh, a great holiday season. If you're like me and you're traveling starting tomorrow, hope you and I and all of us are safe and um, let's be careful out there. If you see me somewhere in the Las Vegas area or in Boise, say hello if you'd like. Or not. It's up to you. I don't care. No, or yeah, not. Either but either way, if you, if you say, you know what, I don't want to talk to that son of a bitch. I'm cool. It's, it's good. No problem. <laughs> um, Martin, before we get rolling on the big show, there's some things to get to today. There's there's some stuff that I want to get your thoughts on. People are uh, people yeah. probably reading, re- reading some financial stuff today. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, tell the people what's going on at uh, Pinnacle. Yeah, we'll do. And we'll we'll get the financial stuff first so that we actually get to it. But if it's all right at the end of the show, if we do have time, I would love to talk a little bit of Mike Leach. Uh, sure, if if that's cool, because uh, dude, he was he was a guy that I that I loved, even you know, and openly uh, before all this, I just thought he was a a fantastic, a funny mind and a fantastic mind. So, but anyway, um, man, we are we're kind of we're in the holiday spirits here, man. Uh, we are almost wrapped up with um you know, taking care of our client year in loose ends, which is usually, you know, this year, some tax loss harvesting, um, you know, also reminders for folks that are listening out there. If you are, uh, you know, have an inherited IRA, you know, a parent or a loved one that passed away and you inherited their IRA, um, make sure that if you need to take your required distributions, that you do that before year end, um, because the penalty is, pretty steep. It's 50% of what you're supposed to take. So if you're supposed to take 10 grand, the IRS is going to nail you with a 50, with a $5,000 penalty. Uh, so that is, it's never fun to pay more to the government than you have to. So just a little friendly reminder. Those are the things we're kind of focused on, um, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up, making sure we tie up all those loose ends for our clients, but we are in the holiday spirit, man, had our Christmas party uh, yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, and man, and we're just, we're going to close it out, close it out in a healthy manner here. Um, but we are, we're in our new building, uh, which I'm excited about. And, uh, hopefully we'll have all of our furniture here by year end or the beginning of next year. But, um, if, uh, you know, if you're kind of looking at your portfolio into the year or you're 
you know, thinking about your plan and, uh, and you think you need a little bit of help. If we can be of service, we'd love the, to, you know, see if it makes sense. Uh, you can email us info at my P I N N wealth.com, or you can uh, pick up the old, old fashioned telephone, uh, call us 601-957-0323. Okay. So let's get to a couple of things. Yep, I'm going to read, we're going to do this, the, the, uh, wall street journal way. Cause I think there's, you've talked about, uh, Powell and the fed and you've been right on this for a while. So Thank a couple you. of stories, a couple of stories here that I want to get your uh, kind of reaction to. This is this is live coverage is what it says from the Wall Street Journal. So stuff that's happening here on a Thursday midday. U.S. stocks were falling on Thursday morning, Martin, a day after the Federal Reserve raised rates and increased its estimates of how high rates may have to go. The Dow Industrials were down almost 700 points soon after the open. The other major indexes were down uh, 2% or more. Central banks in the UK, the Eurozone, and Switzerland also raised rates, highlighting the risk to a late fall rally that has taken the Dow, for instance, up 16% from its recent low. Uh, let's see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll stop. Let's see. There's a lot there. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to segment that thing and we can talk a lot about yeah, what you just said, let's talk there and then I'll, I'll, I'll add something else about, uh, here's, here's the rest of it. It's basically just, Okay. More color to what I was just saying. Uh, major indexes down between two and three percentage points. Each of the S and P 500s, eleven sectors are in the red. The S and P 500 is down 2.4 percent. The Dow Industrials fell 2.1 percent. The Nasdaq Composite slipped the furthest, falling 2.8 percent. Segments of the market that are most sensitive to economic growth growth suffered the most. Yep. Uh, among the causes, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday signaled higher interest rates than investors anticipated. Retail sales data came in weaker than expected. Shares of technology and communication services firms are both down more than 3%. Long-term bond yields are falling as prices rise. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield slid to 3.45% from 3.503% late Wednesday. So I'll stop now and let you try to uh, digest and... and um, re regurgitate that yeah well let's just let's let's break one of those into um a little bit of of somewhat of like english and uh and the layperson's term so let's think about you know some people say god i really don't understand how uh you know interest rates really play into you know into stocks um and we're going to there's a whole bunch of different ways they play in, but we're just going to go like, let's, let's go take the plane up to 50,000 feet. And we're going to say, let's say that it's me and you, Neil. And let's say that, you know, your business is really uh cash rich, right? So, you know, you've got a lot of cash in your checking account in your business and, um, you know, and you, and you generate lots of cash in, in what you what you do and it doesn't you don't have to go borrow money from the banks to you know run your business so that you have you know you don't you're not having to constantly buy equipment or invest in research and development you're just a you know you're a walmart you're you sell stuff and uh and then when you sell it you replenish it with cash versus let's say that i'm the you know uh i don't really make a ton of money in what i'm doing yet but what i'm doing is going to be like you know groundbreaking um, you know, in the future or, you know, what I'm doing, I want to take every dollar that I have 
and reinvest and grow my business to make it bigger or to, you know, let's say I'm a Tesla and I want to sell more cars. So I'm going to build more factories and I got to hire more people and more engineers. So, and I don't have a whole lot of cash flow coming in from the Teslas that I'm selling. I've got some, but not enough to, you know, run my business the way I want it to. So I got to go to the bank and I got to say, Hey bank, I'm going to borrow. I need to borrow some money so that I can build this new uh, factory or hire some more people, more engineers, you know, to do this. So, so I, so interest rates are very important to me as Tesla and the, the higher the interest rates go, uh, then that's more of my cash from when I sell a Tesla that has to go to service that debt. I got to pay that interest in there. So the value of my business is goes down the more that interest rates go up because I'm having to use a lot of my cash flow to pay higher interest on my debt, but I have to have that debt to grow my business. Where on the other hand, Neil or Walmart who has cash in the bank, you don't have to go run and buy debt. So it, what, I'm, what the point I'm trying to make is, you know, even though interest rates are going up, there are still some segments of the market that are not impacted as much, um, you know, by interest rates growing up. And so I, going up and that's kind of what the fellow was alluded to, alluding to saying, you know, there are, there are sectors of the market that are more interest rate sensitive um, than others. So, you know, it's not a baby with the bathwater. There are still good, there are still good areas of the market, um, you know, where you can earn, uh, you know, a, a good return. Uh, it's just what we call a stock pickers market right now. So it is not a buy the S and P 500 and be able to, um, you know, uh, outperform it's, you know, you're going to have to kind of navigate the choppy waters, um, to do that. And, you know, and, and what the fed, what Powell said was not a surprise. And I guess that's the thing that I can't, I can't understand if investors are just wishing or hoping that Powell's going to say something different than what we know he's going to say, because he has, he has done everything he said he's going to do, whether it was positive or negative for markets. Uh, and, you know, and, and he's, and even we've said on here, like, Hey, we're going to get a interest rate hike in December. I thought it was going to be a half a percent. It was half a percent. Um, you know, we're probably going to get another one in January, February. It sounds like it's probably going to be February. Um, when it comes probably going to be another half a percent. Uh, and then it sounds like we might actually get, which is, I kind of thought that we'd get one or two more in a pause, but we might end up with three or four more and a pause after that to just keep slowing down, you know, try to slow down uh, inflation. But dude, there's a lot of areas of the market where inflation is already slowing down. Um, you know, like you remember used cars uh, a year ago were up significantly yeah. in price. And over the past couple months, um, you know, they, they've been coming down, but other areas of the market, uh, you know, are more expensive, like the labor parts of the market are more expensive. That's not the things that you and I see on a daily basis, but it all does feed into that core number. And then uh, in, uh, rents are still up. So, you know, that's another piece that's driving, you know, that core number still high. All right. So this is Wall Street Journal, another article along these lines. I think you'll find this one interesting because you've been – You've been talking about this stuff. This is what you've been talking about for months now. When you first started talking about it, I was like, I don't really understand what the hell he's saying. And 
I don't and, know if anyone does. <laughs> well, no, it, it is. Listen, it is a super confusing thing. It is. It is. It is probably evidence of more of us need to take economics classes in college. Totally serious when I say this to understand why if the economy is booming and, 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 and jobs are plentiful and all of those things, like, why is that not a great thing? Right. Yeah. Sometimes I think people look at it and go, why are we raising rates if everything's going great? And and I don't think that's a stupid thought to have. It's, it's no, I I don't, this is super complicated stuff, but anyway, there's literally a science behind it. This is a by, social science. This is by Greg Ip, IP, Greg Ip of What's the up, Greg? What's up, Greg? Falling prices of energy, automobiles, and houses, and soft readings on consumer prices have made investors borderline euphoric over the outlook for inflation. The Federal Reserve is having none of it. After raising interest rates by the expected half percentage point on Wednesday, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and his colleagues laid out an economic and interest rate forecast premised on a painful, drawn-out battle with inflation completely at odds with the markets. This is where people are confused, Martin. I'm, I'm Again, I'm, I'm t- coming away from our friend Greg here for a minute. I'll get back to his very good writing in a, in a moment. People, this is what is confusing to people. Like, if everything's going good, why are we, we going to raise rates more and more? Why are we battling? What, what's People are lost on this. Uh, back to Greg. He says, in September... In September, when the Fed last released forecast, policymakers saw the federal funds rate, now 4.4%, peaking at 4.6% next year. At its subsequent meeting in November, Mr. Powell warned that warned that, that was out of date and that, in fact, rates, rates would have to ra- rise even more. A few days later, the, federal, the, the Labor Department Uh, reported a surprisingly low increase in consumer prices for October. Stocks soared and bond yields dropped. Earlier this week, lightning struck a second time. Consumer prices for November came in softer than expected. Those numbers seem to have made no difference at all to the Fed. In projections released this week, the central bank expects to raise rates ultimately to 5.1% by the end of 2023, a half point higher than projected in September, and lower them only to 4.1% by late 2024. This monetary stringency will exact a price. The Fed sees economic growth of just 0.5% next year, down sharply from September's 1.2% projection, and consistent with recession. It sees unemployment climbing to 4.6% from 3.7% now, higher than projected in September, Such a combination would normally entail lower inflation, yet the Fed actually raised its inflation forecast for the end of next year to 3.1%. Excluding food and energy, it increased its core inflation forecast to 3.5% from 3.1%. Last little bit here. This is just the opposite of what investors have concluded from the recent run of good news on inflation. According According to Barclays, Bond and derivative markets are now projecting core inflation using the consumer price index of 2.6% at the end of 2023. That equates to 2% to 2.3% using the price index of personal consumption expenditures preferred by the Fed. In other words, investors think inflation will have returned to the Fed's 2.2% the Fed's 2% target 
in a year's time. The stock market rally suggests they don't think it will take a recession to achieve this. In other words, investors seem to have concluded that inflation was transitory all along and a soft landing, a slowing in growth but no recession, isn't just possible but likely. Yeah, I I I disagree. I disagree with investors. <laughs> I mean, and you know, and those are the and and honestly, those are the those are the inputs that Reed and I are using to make decisions on the portfolio. And you know, we've already we've already talked about. We know what we're going to do for you know this next year for for our clients for for our you know uh, folks that trust us with with their money. Um, and we kind of see the markets, the stock market kind of being flat next year. And, but what I think is going to happen is I think that we are probably going to have a couple of jolts like we did this year, um, where the market will go lower and it'll probably end the year somewhat flat. Um, so, you know, the, our plan is that we are going to, um, we're, we're about equal, we're about equal weight in stocks in our, across our models right now, we're probably going to pull some, when we rebalance, um, after the beginning of the year, we'll pull some of our stock exposure down in, uh, the growthy sectors of the market that, that are very interest rate sensitive. Uh, you know, we'll keep our, we'll keep it in, in the areas that are generally a little bit more cash flow positive. Um, but we really think that this year is going to be the year for, for bonds because interest rates are, um, you know, are up now we're not willing to go out long-term on the bonds right now because, you know, as the, as Powell has said, and in the dot plots, you know, you can see that they, they thought the terminal rate for the fed funds rate, you know, was going to be four point, uh, you know, seven, five ish. And now they're projecting it at 5.1, 5.25 by year end, meaning that, they're going to go another half a percent somewhere in the year. Um, so we'll probably stay somewhat short term on the bonds, but dude, if I can collect, you know, four and a half or 5% interest on a three and six month treasury bond, that's essentially no risk. Um, you know, which means that I can probably get corporates at five and a half to uh, 6%. And if they do a couple more hikes, I might be able to get corporates at, um, you know, corporate bonds at six and a half to 7%. I'll probably not probably we're going to overweight bonds next year. Uh, it, the, the, it is the fastball down the middle with no outs and bases loaded. And I'm, I'm going to swing for the fences. Uh, I'm, I probably won't have as much risky bonds in the portfolio. It's just going to be a very boring bond portfolio portfolio. Uh, and then in our hedges, I'm going to strip out all of my bond hedges because I don't need them anymore. Um, and and I'm going to put my hedges in uh, in the stock portfolio to try to protect on the bottom as much as possible. And, and dude, and we're going to sit there and our portfolio next year is going to look very boring. But you know what? Our clients, uh, this year, we protected so much on the downside from our clients. We've outperformed our benchmarks, you know, significantly by, in some cases, on our more aggressive portfolios by about two, 3%, but on our more conservative portfolios that are full of bonds, because I didn't have a whole lot of bonds in the portfolio this year, dude, in some cases I outperformed by 5%. I mean, like, dude, that's a, that's like a catching the Hail Mary pass, you know, five yards short of the end zone 
and then doing 20 laterals to get it, you know, into the end zone. Like it was a, that was a spike the football moment. Um, you know, but, but the fed told us what they were going to do. And I just make decisions based off of, you know, what the fed is saying they're going to do. And, and I know a lot of people don't like Powell and whether you like him or not, he's a very predictable dude or consistent is what I guess I should say. Not predictable. If he says he's going to do something, you can take that shit to the bank because he's going to do it. So today's the 15th. We'll probably do one more show before the end of the year. But if you had to give like the big, I'll ask you this, I guess, in a couple of weeks when we do this. But if you had to give the big forecast for what 2023 looks like. Or... Yeah, I'll give it to you right now. All right, go for it. Flat on stocks. I bet you we will have a you slightly negative or slightly positive return in stocks next year. Okay. Bonds are going to be up probably I'm going to I'm going to give you a range on bonds. Bonds will probably be up somewhere between We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know, 5 to 7%. And that's because interest rates are at a level right now where you can just, all you got to do is collect the interest. You don't have to do anything crazy with it. You just hold it. And collect the interest. So uh, not not bloody in 2023. No. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Temporarily though, like between between the twenties, you know, between the twenty yard lines, uh, you know, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, the stock market could have, you know, some volatility where we see 
markets come down 10%, but I think at the end of the year, it will end kind of where it started. It won't, but it won't be a straight flat line. It'll probably be a bumpy ride in stocks, which is why I said, you know, we're probably going to go to equal weight, but pick up the quality in our portfolio that are cash flowing uh, stock wise. And then on the bonds, I'm going to stay relatively short term and uh, just collect that interest. And, and in my hedges, I'm going to put my hedges in the stock portfolio. I'm stripping all my bond hedges out because I don't need them anymore. Um, and then at the end of 23, uh, if they start bringing interest rates down a little bit, that's going to be, I'm going to collect higher interest rates in my bond portfolio and I'm going to get appreciation. So there's, there's a potential. I would almost, if I'm not a gambling man, but mm-hmm. I would, I would almost put all of my money, which, you know, is relative, you know, all of my money that I have, I would bet someone that bonds outperform stocks next year. The environment just looks that way. Now, that is not me saying, hey, go sell all of your stocks and buy all bonds. That is not at all what I'm saying. So let me just make that super, super clear, you know, to everybody. But next year, bonds are going to be, the bonds are going to be what what drive your your performance next year. So let's just say you're a 50-50 portfolio. Your bonds are up. Let's say they're up 6%. Okay. Stocks are flat. So you get zero performance from your stocks, but you get, you know, 6% on half of your portfolio. So your portfolio would be up 3% next year. It's better than what it's been because the last couple of years have been brutal. Um, frankly. Well, yeah, this year, this year has been brutal, but dude, the last couple of the, the years, you know, 20 and 21, 20 was brutal in the beginning. I mean, dude, we were down 35% at the lows and it happened in six weeks. Like mm-hmm. I got gray in those six weeks. Like it was, it was a very stressful period. And then the markets ripped, but that's because the fed stepped in, um, you know, and then 21 was, was also, you know, a good, a good market. Uh, but dude, 22, it is, uh, it had, it wasn't as deep as, as 2020s um decline but it just lasted the entire year i mean we're still not out of the hole you know stocks are still down 15 percent uh you know global stocks are down 15 percent for the year so it's i mean we're not out yet but we're we're getting out we're getting there okay but we might have another leg down all right uh that's probably i I feel like we've covered it i mean for people like me that are looking at our 401ks i think we look at I hear the word flat and I go, okay, I, I can catch my breath a little bit because 2024 <laughs> yeah. is an election year. Yeah. 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 And typically in presidential election years, everybody's markets pretty motivated. Well. Pretty, everybody's pretty motivated for the markets to do okay. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's a typically a good sign. And I'll be honest, not, I don't want to get into this topic because there's lots of time to get there. I don't want to do it today, but there are a lot of positive signs on both sides of the aisle that, this sentiment that I have expressed on this show where I'm telling you, I'm tired of Trump and I'm tired of Biden. Yeah. I'm tired of all of those people. And I want them to just disappear. Go away. Yep. That sentiment appears to be a majority sentiment based on some uh, Pew research polling, which is cool. a good thing. Yeah. No, I'm down with that, man. I'm, 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 uh, cause this cat in the white house right now is a nut job. I mean, he's a nut. I mean, he's, he, he's a nut. 
He's completely controlled by radicals, and they're doing this thing. I mean, they do this. They 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 take something that most most Americans agree with, which is the the right of same sex marriage. Okay, they take that and turn it into a deal with drag queens at the White House. Like, what is that? What are you doing? Yeah, dude. Most of most of the most of the gay people that I know. Um, and I, and, and I know a lot and, and a lot of them that are married are, are just, they look, you know, just like me and you on a daily basis. Of course. It's not the, they, they don't dress in drag. And I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't that. I'm a Republican and I support, uh, same sex marriage. I have have no issue with it at all. What, 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 what you do in, in the privacy of your house is, is just that. It doesn't impact me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. It does not impact me at all. But when that, and I would think that most uh, homosexual people would agree with what I'm about to say. When those announcements uh, turn into almost performances at 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 the White House of all places, we, we, we've jumped the shark. That's the world we live in today, man. But it, it's but I don't but I don't think it's the world that the majority wants to live in. No, I, I, agree. I think I think the majority wants some just like normalcy. If I do that's too. A, well, that's if that's point. a and that's my point. I think and I think that's the the reason that you're starting to see some polling data that shows that both Trump and Biden are uh, are losing ground. And well, and, dude, it would be funny as shit if someone made like a purple hat that, that said, you know, make America normal again. Oh, you might have just. You should you should get off the show in a moment. <laughs> Do it and patent it. Just a purple hat, make America normal again. Literally, go get bright red and and blue and put it together and <laughs> find the it. color. Find that color, whatever shade of purple that is, and go. Here's here we go. Make America normal again. Make America normal again. Because I, <laughs> I just think you know, or, or make America calm again. There you go. Yeah, I'm good with that too. Just calm. Just chill out. Like. All the people that are so worked up about all these things, I'm like, do you really get up every day worrying about this? I mean, you're worrying about something that impacts 0.01% of one, 0.01 of 1% of the population, for God's sake. Well, man, I had a mentor. Uh, he's he's an awesome, awesome dude. And uh, I used to get real worked up about, uh, you know, a lot of things. And it, and it did kind of live rent-free in my head. And, and it wasn't healthy for my children or my wife or, or really anyone around me. Um, and he just asked me, he said, look, man, and I would call him and I'd be, you know, all pissed off. And he was like, look, man, you, uh, he's like, I tell you what, circle, circle the things that you can do something about. And then I will, I will allow you to have that time to, to vent and complain about it. And, uh, I was like, okay. And, you know, most of those things that I was venting and complaining about, I could not, I had no impact and changing that stuff. So then I just started working on things that I could, uh, I could actually have a, an impact in, which is like my family and my wife and my work and my friends. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears as we wrap cool. up. Um, earlier this week, Mississippi state football coach, Mike Leach passed away. He had an episode on Sunday, apparently uh, died on Monday night. Um, you wanted to talk about it. I've talked about it a lot on my shows, so I'll, I'll hand the floor to you. Yeah, man. I mean, and and I, I'm asking this question because I don't know the answer. Have we ever have we had a sitting head football coach 
pass away in like in the recent the last uh, one was 2005 i think is when it happened uh randy walker who had just signed a contract extension at northwestern um he had a heart attack in i want to say august or july before they started the season and um he died and pat fitzgerald uh took over for him and he's still the coach at northwestern today well and i mean i know it's kind of it's kind of a bizarre and in our state, believe it or not, it it seems really bizarre if you kind of think about it. You know, we had we have two really charismatic coaches from, and I would put them on opposite ends of the spectrum of charisma, um, but both of them, you know, I watched I watched uh, Lane Kiffin's, you know, interview on I think I think it was ESPN, and uh, and dude, I I sincerely believe that they were friends, you know, off of the outside of off of the football field. Um, you know, it seemed like, like Lane had a lot of regard for Mike Leach. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of hatred and, you know, all this nastiness that gets spewed the, whenever there's the Ole Miss Mississippi state rivalry talked about, you know, people have destroyed Thanksgivings over Mississippi state and Ole Miss, um, in the egg bowl. But dude, I think, uh, those, I think those two dudes, I mean, they were what well, they were hired in the same year, weren't they? Did they come in the same? Yeah, they came a um, few weeks apart. Uh, Lane was hired in early early December of 2019, and and Leach was hired later that month. Yeah, and I mean, and I know they didn't, they weren't rooted in the rivalry, whatever. With you know, I seem like you know Dan Mullen would do things and say things to stir up the spewing of all the BS. Uh, and I'm not saying that the, the Ole, Miss, Ole Miss coaches didn't do it either, but it just didn't really seem like, you know, Mike Leach and and Kiffin really got into that, you know, just vitriol pissing match. Um, but dude, Mike Leach, like, I mean, I I, I I watched his antics. I think I was kind of the tail end of his Texas Tech um, career when I found Leach and some of the interviews and stuff. And, he, and dude, he just tripped me out. But I always looked at him and I was like, he's an odd duck in a in a in a in a lake full of swans you know i mean like did not try to be like other football coaches or head football coaches and then went to washington state um and i and i mean i loved i think there was one interview uh i was watching where they asked him something about the game and then he went on this long tirade about you know which uh which mascot would you know, would win in a battle or beat the other one up or something like that. And it was just I, it's, things he said like that tripped me out. And, you know, and then there were lots of, I mean, he actually did give some good life wisdom things. Uh, you know, his Twitter account would, I followed just because it was, it was hilarious. And one that jumped out at me, I remember uh, him saying, you know, I don't understand why men go to bars to try to find females. Why don't you go to target the, you know, female to male ratio is 10 to one. And they're already looking, they're already there looking for things they don't need. And I was just like, oh my God, Mike Leach, like things like that are hilarious, but there's a wisdom, you know, rooted in some of that too. And, and dude, I, I mean, obviously I'm a, I bleed red and blue. You know, we grew up rebels. Um, my brother went to Mississippi state. My son is at Mississippi state. Um, my wife is a bulldog. I kind of, I don't know how I got surrounded by bulldogs. Uh, but you know, even this Thanksgiving, I was talking to my sister-in-law and, you know, we were just sharing, sharing leech stories and, uh, but he's a dude that I loved, man. And, mm -hmm. uh, I really am sad that, that, uh, he will no longer be here. And I mean, I know his family is, is devastated that he's not here, but I've never really gotten into the, 
you know, oh, when a celebrity dies, it has an impact on me. Or, you know, when a, I don't know, something happens, like, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's sad. But like, dude, Mike Leach dying. I was like, damn, man, he was a, he was a dude I really looked up to. He was a, you know, a guy that I was like, he, he went against the grain. He, he swam against the, the, you know, the current, uh, didn't care, innovative in his field. And, uh, you know, and then he was, he was an intelligent that was, did stuff outside of football too. He did. He was, uh, he was a, a smart guy. He was a, uh, a fun guy and he was a guy who took his job seriously, but did not take himself seriously. Boom, dude. There you go, man. That that's actually a very poetic, uh, description took his job seriously but and did not take himself seriously. We've been talking about this on, on the show, on our shows. He is also a guy that I think history would, when it, reflects on him we'll talk about how his style of offense completely changed football and not just college football and not just pro football but more profoundly high school football middle school football youth football it made football more fun made football more exciting it's made made it easier to uh made it more pleasant to the eye people like passing games and points and uh, they, they, you know, before Mike Leach, there was high school football was the wing tee and the wishbone and ground <laughs> them and pound them. And, and now it's, you know, it's the air raid principles and, and it's yeah. fun to watch. And, and that that's, uh, you can, you can track so much of that back to Mike Leach and, and his accessibility and how many coaches, you know, when he was in Kentucky and when he was in Texas, when he was in Oklahoma, how many coaches, high school level coaches went to learn his system and, 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 and learned it. And uh, that's what they teach now, and it's it's made football fun. So he he is um, it's it's a loss, and and but it's one that as as time goes on, and as we uh, move past the mourning stage into the reflecting stage, I think people are going to reflect very kindly on uh, on his his, his contributions. contributions to the game, yeah, yeah. and 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 also you know his personality. People, it's fun. It's fun and it's okay to have a different personality. You don't, yeah. we, we try to teach our kids that all the time, right? You don't have to be just like everybody else and you don't. And he wasn't. And um, yeah, he had a, had a hell of a career. He did, man. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that I was alive to, to, to witness the pirate. And uh, you know, I said on my Facebook too, that I would fly a maroon pirate flag for that guy. And, and, and truth be told, I have no idea if Mississippi state will, you know, do some big uh, memorial at the stadium. I think if they don't, they really miss an opportunity there. But uh, like, I'll go to that. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a rebel, and I will go to, I will go to that. Yeah, they're they're doing something on Tuesday, I believe, a memorial service uh, at the Coliseum. I'm not sure what. I'm, I'm sure there are, are a lot of things planned, and and um, I'm sure that their their team will honor him at the bowl game. And then I suspect they'll honor him again at the start of, of next season. And, and they should. And and yeah. I think you'll see it's one of the cool things that you have seen over the course of the last uh, few days is all the different schools around the, the league and even schools around the country, but especially around the sec have, have honored him in, in, in their own ways. And it's been, it's been neat. The one that I saw yesterday um, was at Arkansas. They, and I'm familiar with this a lot because I'm up there quite often with the, with the girls. And sometimes at night, the night before a game, they'll make the stadium red 
and it glows like you can see it you know it's kind of up on the hill and you can see it just kind of glowing in the dark and it's really cool yeah and um or at least i think it's kind of cool Ole miss had a a recruiting thing going on last night when i was at the basket basketball game and you could tell they had done some stuff with the powder blue with the lights which was also cool but anyway in fayetteville um they had done the lights to look maroon in the cool. in, inside the bowl of, of Reynolds Razorback stadium. And I just thought it was a neat gesture. I just thought, yeah, man. you know, little, you, you can't, you can't bring him back. You can't change no. what happened, but sometimes you can show people your respect and your appreciation and your love and your support. And you've seen that all over the league uh, from everybody on, on social media. And then with some gestures like that, that, yeah. you know, it's, well, at the end of the day, Martin, it, it's just, and we say this all the time, and I've made a living off of it, but it's just football. It's just a game. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. It is, it is just football. It is just a game. Um, you know, the, and I think I look at it, the like the legacy that he leaves, you know, with, and one of the things Kiffin, I think Kiffin said was, you know, when they have their head coaches meeting, you know, for the SEC, it's kind of, you know, some people get along, some people don't get along, but, Everyone, you know, lo- everyone got along with Mike Leach. Uh, that they that, you know, he when he would walk in and he would cut up and, uh, you know, and everyone would talk to him. He didn't have he really didn't have any enemies. And uh, and you're right too, man. He he did uh, he was different, and in, uh, in a world that where we say, hey, it's okay to be different, but then you kind of look at a lot of successes and it's like, oh, you have to do this to be successful, or you have to be this way to be successful. And and he proved that you don't have to and yeah he's an author and attorney and uh, probably the most intelligent head coach in football and i'll miss him man hey uh we're gonna wrap there merry christmas to you to yours i hope you have a uh a fantastic holiday and uh yeah, you too man we'll plan to do one more before uh the, the new year so we'll obviously take next thursday off we'll try to come back i guess in a couple of weeks on the 29th 30th and uh, we'll do a quick show. We'll talk about it. We'll recap the year, look ahead to 2023. It's hard to believe that we're almost there. And um, again, thanks to all of you guys for uh, listening to us. This show has grown uh, throughout the course of the year. The numbers bear that out, and we certainly appreciate it. I've had a lot of people uh, reach out and um, talk about Martin and talk about Pinnacle, and I think they've gotten calls at Pinnacle from yeah. parts of the country that you wouldn't probably otherwise get calls from if it had yeah no you're spot on man so that's i'm glad people are enjoying it because it's i enjoy doing it and you know i would i would have never thought you and i would be doing a show together but uh here we are here we are man uh enjoy the end of the world cup you got a prediction on uh, argentina and france dude uh uh i i've i I thought i you know i've I've seen that france has got a couple of folks sick i don't they haven't announced who it is um France is an attacking power. Argentina is an attacking power. Uh, so I think it has to go to defense. And I think Argentina has the leg up. There's a couple of holes in the back line on France. Um, and I would love to see Messi win a World Cup. So I'm going to – I said it was going to be France uh, when the when the semis or the round of 16 started. Uh, I'm going to go all in on Argentina. That is a, ho- that is a totally emotional bet. Uh, it is not rooted in <laughs> in logic other than – I think uh, they're pound for pound the same on offense. Uh, defense is where it's going to shake up, and France has a couple holes. Argentina is pretty solid. 
I'm going to say Argentina wins three to two in a classic. Oh, are we giving scores? I'm going to say Argentina wins three to two in a classic game that we are talking about for long time to come. Okay. Okay. I hope so. I'm so I'm going to give I'm going to pull score out of my rear end then. Okay. I'm going to say it's two one. Uh, I'm going to say Messi gets one goal and has the assist on the second, and Mbappe manages to sneak one in. I'm going to say it's 2-0, and Mbappe manages to sneak one in, and France tries to have a comeback. But I think Argentina is going to be too much. I plan to get up in Vegas. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get to a treadmill in in my hotel, and I'm going to let my otherwise laborious run uh, be nothing. Be very exciting. As I just watch soccer, yes. Okay. What it'll be what eight? It'll be eight o'clock. I think se- it's nine a.m. Central, right? On oh, it's, it's Vegas uh, Pacific I'll be time. Seven. I'll be seven a.m. So I'm going to get up early, have a cup of coffee, get down there, get my run in. That'll be exciting. I my run will be done. I'll get to watch uh, one of the greatest of all time, probably one of the future greatest of all time, in Mbappe, and and uh, and I'll have my run done. And as as get started on a day in Vegas, you can't beat that. No, nah, dude. I mean, I think that. Uh... I think that'll be a, a good start to the day, man. It's going to be yeah. exciting no matter what. I hope it's exciting. I hope it, I really hope it's not a blowout either way. So. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be exciting. All right. Merry yeah. Christmas, Martin. Merry Christmas, brother. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you guys for listening. We'll be back with another edition of Mind on My Money in a couple of weeks. Uh, stay safe out there. Don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.